1: hello everybody i'm back i'm happy sad to introduce the the fourth and final installment of our 2022 badass series i'm happy because it's still the badass series i'm sad because it's over and also because (laughs) woof this movie it's 1987's he-man and the masters of the universe i'm not gonna call it a film i'm gonna call it a a failed commercial for a toy Mm mm-hmm uh, this Boy shoo, This film Was directed By Gary Goddard Who directed This piece of shit He also created The kids show Captain Powers uh, in, the, in the late 80s <laughs> Okay Before being disgraced During the Me Too movement For being involved In the sexual assault Of teenage boys Alongside his pal Brian Singer Perfect It's written by Yeah, uh, great guy all around Uh, Written by David O'Dell Who got to start writing for The Muppet Show For Jim Henson, he also worked on the script For The Muppet Movie, then wrote The Dark Crystal Supergirl and Tales from the Dark Side Okay Scored by Bill Conti of Rocky fame It stars Dolph Lundgren Who was Ivan Drago memorably in Rocky 4 He's also been in the Balboa series since uh, Well, not the Balboa series The uh, Creed
0: He's Uh, been in Expendables,
1: Marvel's the Punisher, Universal Soldier, probably the the, the best of those that he's been in. Mm -hmm. Uh, He is He-Man. He is our badass, putatively, uh, for this podcast. Uh, Frank Langella. Langella? Langella. Langella. Sure. That sounds right to my ear. He was Nixon on Frost Nixon. He was in Good Night and Good Luck. He also most recently served as the KGB handler for the Americans on FX, and a lot of bald movers are fans of that. It stars Courtney Cox, who was most famously Monica and Friends. You also seen her in Ace Ventura. James Tolkien, James R. R. Tolkien, <laughs> uh, who you will immediately recognize as the principal from Hill High. Yeah. From Back to the Future. Also, Robert Duncan McNeil. If you're a massive Star Trek nerd, you might recognize him as Lieutenant Tom Paris, chief mm-hmm. navigator of the Starship Voyager. And finally, Billy Barty, who is a little person who's had just hundreds of movie credits to his role. But I immediately recognized him as, well, not in his makeup, I but right. recognized him as being Noodles the Cameraman on my favorite Weird Al oh. movie, UHF. Right, right.
0: I remembered him from Willow.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's also is in Willow. He's got a very recognizable voice. He's been yes. in a lot of different cartoons uh, he was actually uh, the Ralph Bakshi did a lot of rotoscoping for his Lord of the Rings animated project that he only got halfway through. And uh, Billy was the rotoscoped subject for both Bilbo Baggins and Samuel Gamgee. Huh. OK. And this movie's terrible. And it lets you know seconds <laughs> after starting because it's got a credit sequence that is amongst the cheapest thing I've ever seen. It looks like something that's just a notch above what would be included in like a late 80s camcorder. Sure. Uh, they're bad. They're real bad. Jim, what did you think of this? Uh, I, I guess there's two ways we need to approach this. What do we think of this movie? What do you think this movie is a badass movie? And what do you think the, bad, the about the badass that this film is built
0: around Dolph Lundgren? Uh, th- this movie is a huge piece of shit. Uh, and this is this is the definition of consumerism run amok. Uh, it's only purpose, as far as I can tell, was to attempt to bolster a line of sagging uh, of toys that were sagging in sales. And it failed. It failed miserably. The, the movie was a, not a success. The idea that they were going to suddenly reinvigorate their toy line was a failure. And Mattel soon after like a year later just continued all the he-man toys so like it was a failure all around it's not good it's not a good showcase for uh Dolph Lundgren it, it's only redeeming quality as best I can tell is Billy Barty I think he's actually pretty good in this and enjoyable to watch um but my god it's just terrible Yeah, you mentioned it being a a fail. I'm glad you said failed toy commercial
1: because I don't know who this movie was made for. Um, Its primary protagonist is a 20-year-old woman who's, I think, in high school, far past the age where, like, if the the human helpers of He-Man were the ages of the Stranger Things cast in Mm -hmm. the first season, you might have something. But this movie screams cheaply made but it was expensive it cost 24 million dollars to make in 1987 in 1980 george lucas made empire strikes back for for 30 million sure and there's so many cost effective measures for no good reason he-man gets sucked through a time portal or space portal and goes to planet earth <laughs> i'm convinced just to save money on sets probably probably so you've you've got these ridiculous he-man figures just prance and they didn't even go to someplace cool like new york or la yeah they shot this movie at like i don't know hawkins indiana Just any any place backwater small town it is just dumb i if i'm a, a i imagine he-man's primary audience i wasn't allowed to watch he-man Neither. either uh, my mom saw skeletor uh, sorceress yep um and that was enough she needed so I was I was I was completely shut off from from this lore but I imagine that the primary audience was little boys why oh, yeah. the hell you would set the heroes as uh the, the primary protagonist is is a uh, is a woman and 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 Courtney Cox not really doing a great job with it and her boyfriend who are clearly like upperclassmen high schoolers if
0: not in mm-hmm. college yeah I, I think she might be moving away during her last year of high school. It's hard to say. There's Um, like,
1: there's like 10 or 15 minutes just like where the He-Man stuff stops and they just, uh, introduce all these characters and what they've got going on. And I can't mm. imagine being like a 10 year old kid sitting in a theater. (laughs) Like where the fuck did He-Man go? Even if you were taken in by the first 10 or 15 minutes of pretty lackluster Dolph Lundgren action. Um, yeah, I mean, one I think- redeeming thing you, you mentioned only uh, Billy Barty was good. I thought Frank uh, Langella, Langella. Oh yes, yes, he's doing his damnedest. He has got some awesome lines. He is at maximum vamp, like yes. the one eighties he does for the
0: camera. The uh, sheer every single time the camera of acting yeah, like- that he has to do under that Skeletor mask must be intense. Oh. Like he to, to move that piece of foam rubber. It, over your face it takes a mighty effort i have to imagine
1: it looks to, like it's just over this like i felt like a kid in the 80s was and and on into the 90s it's just like if you had something cool that you were into the last thing you wanted to do was see it made into a movie because <laughs> they're either going to brutalize you and murder your hero like optimus prime mm-hmm. or they're going to dish out a piece of shit like this or super mario brothers it's just like why even and bother showing up that's because the like thing. have they even seen skeletor This guy looks nothing like Skeletor, the actual villain.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he's they're trying with the mask. It's, it gets like close ish, but no, it's very hard to do. You know, you mentioned super Mario brothers. That is the movie that was ringing in my head this entire time while I'm watching this film going, this is not dissimilar. Like it's they're transported to like a, a strange version of the mushroom kingdom in that movie. Whereas this like transports He-Man into the real world. So I like, actually built sets for Super Mario Brothers. It's already a better movie, but it is. And I think it's a more enjoyable movie all around um, on a rewatch. You can enjoy
1: yeah. Super Mario Brothers. Ironically, I yeah, it's it. it you, you texted me right before I sat down and watched <laughs> this. You can watch this on HBO Max for free. And you're like, oh, my God, this movie's bad and not in like a uh, like no. killjoy way where it's so good you can enjoy it or some of these other. This is just a this is just a bad movie. And what sucks is because um, we're thinking about like, OK, well, we got Dolph Lundgren. We want to cover him as a badass. Mm-hmm. What do we got with to work with here? And it's this and the Punisher and Universal Soldier. and We'd already done Universal Soldier. Yeah. And the Punisher, I know, sucks because I was super excited for that film, and when it came out, it got, you know, universally panned. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, let's do Master Universe. I'm sure that'll be can't be fun. It was not. No, it's a terrible, terrible movie. And
0: I've heard this is a cult film. You know, this has some kind of following. I I dispute that. I heavily dispute that. Like I read that on Wikipedia. I think doing my research, I'm like, no. This is the opposite of a cult film. Cult films have some redeemable qualities. Super Mario Brothers is a cult film because of the fun that uh, Leguizamo and Bob Hoskins are having in that movie. I think there's a tongue-in-cheek quality to it. And Dennis Hopper as Cooper is pretty fucking sublime, too. Absolutely. But this movie has none of that charm. This movie is dry, ultra-serious, and poorly made all around.
1: Yeah, just bad, again spending 24 million dollars on this piece of shit. And and, and and realizing that there's only one set that they constructed, which is Castle Greyskull, the interior of which is bad. It looks about the same quality as the old Tomb Raider ride at King's Island. Mm-hmm. Like, it's clearly just carved foam spray painted all in one shade like massive, it looks like uh, like a video game from the early '90s, where every surface is like textured the same, and then like you know, like it, it's just it's just this big, bad, bland set with tons and tons of matte paintings holding it together. Um,
0: I know how we get here, though. Like I I, I remember watching the He Man stuff. I think it was in the Toys That Made Us uh, series on yeah. Netflix, and they had a whole episode about this, the the origin of He of He Man and Masters of the Universe, and Apparently, like this was a project. So, this was a project by Mattel to make a line of action figures because they felt like they missed the boat on Star Wars. They were approached with an offer to make the Star Wars action figure line. And they turned it down because Star Wars hadn't come out in an out era yet. where
1: action figures had been seen as dead. Like that, this was between the old seventies GI right. Joes, were like the twelve inches tall with changeable clothes, and before, like so, like Star Wars,
0: kind of put action figures back on the mat. Yeah, because the movies were a cultural sensation, so of course sure. all the kids go out and want to buy the figures. Um, but they had passed on that opportunity, and they felt like shit. We made a huge mistake, and so they tried to reproduce the success of Star Wars with other toy lines, all of which failed. And then they did this He-Man Masters of the Universe toy line and that actually succeeded. They started selling figures because at the same time, they also had a, a run of comic books, which kind of gave kids, you know, stories to to play with these toys on. Um, and then they had the, the He-Man cartoon. I forget the name of it. I think it was just Masters of the Universe or He-Man and the Masters of He-Man the Universe. He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, yes. Yeah, um, which really just boosted the sales of everything right a saturday morning cartoon that kids lash onto in the 80s is gold solid fucking gold you can print it uh and you know they rode that for quite a few years and then eventually like the toys sales start flagging a little bit and you go okay what can we do to boost our toy sales we still got all these molds we still want to sell these toys i know let's make a fucking movie so they made this movie and guess what it didn't do Sell more toys. It sell did not toys. sell fucking toys. It actually led to the demise of the whole toy line. And and this, in addition to some other poor choices from Canon Films, caused them to shut down the studio not too long after this. It killed a whole production company, yeah.
1: Right. I, I remember, because my my cousin, who's a year or two older than me, was a huge He-Man fan. And I remember like it was like, yeah, it had been... I think that the the cartoon series started in either 83 or 84. That's a long time in kid years. Oh, yeah. For a kid to be in the same thing for like three. Usually stuff is cyclical. Like you'll be way, you know, that's why they keep bringing Teenage Mutant Ninja Ninja Turtles back every 10 years because kids get sick of it. They snowball Mm -hmm. it. They bring it back. Um, but, But like it he hated this movie. I remember him coming back and oh, talking I about it. Cause I, I, I never watched the cartoons, but I'd, I'd seen all the toys. I thought the toys were kind of cool. Uh-huh. They always coming out with new things. Like he had this lizard man whose head was like a, a, a hairspray, essentially a hairspray bottle uh, top. <laughs> so when he pushed his head down, it would make like a mist come out of his mouth. You could fill his torso up with water. Uh, the, the battle cat had this like
0: velours kind of furry surface there's like a lot of they kind of interesting toys yeah they don't do that shit with toys nowadays do they it's literally just like these are models these are like yeah. they look exactly like you expect them to look and they look great right they look they make toys essentially for
1: uh 40 50 year old male collectors yes uh yeah and then you know then then they got the stuff that's designed to be played with it's that's different than that but but yeah, they had some innovative, they had this whole slide, I remember there's a slime thing, the Hordak slime, there oh. was battle damage
0: dudes where, Castle like, Gray Castle Grayskull know. was, like, the pinnacle of toys, right? Yeah. Like, this huge-ass playset, because these figures are pretty big, they're, like, not too much taller than normal figures, but they're wide, they're bulky, so the playset yeah, had and to be it's huge. So,
1: it is so fascinating, because, like, I, I've often wondered why... Well, no, I I, I mean, after watching this movie, I did not realize that He-Man lived in Castle Grayskull. I assumed oh. the Skull Face dude yeah, lived Skeletor. in the Skull Face Castle. <laughs> Fair. But, apparently, but apparently Mattel had, you know, when they launched this toy line, they didn't have the stories all done. And they're like, the idea that um a kid would buy multiple play sets that you would have like. Skeletor's base and He-Man's base. They're like, there's no way. So they just had a lot of heroes and villains. And Castle Grayskull is designed to be kind of like neutral ground that like is kind of gnarly and gothic and dark and appealing to young boys. But it Hmm. could be the base of He-Man because he's a barbarian. It could be the base of Skeletor. It was designed with a flag at the top where you could spin it from like a red heroic symbol to like a dark blue lightning bolt sorcerer symbol. Nice. But with the idea that the kids could play like, you know, that that was something that he man and Skeletor would struggle over, which Chapter I guess the flag. Yeah. Came in, got into the, 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 the movie in a certain way, mm-hmm. but like, yeah, this was literally a toy. that got backed in. And then at the end of its career, at, at the very tail end of this craze, they tried to launch a movie on yep. the cheap, except for not really. Right. Uh, and, It just if they'd made this two years ago, I'd still think it would be a big piece of shit. But probably they might have been able to capture like that seven, eight year old dumbass market and and done something with it.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I I, the consumerism they're trying to tap into just oozes out of this movie in in a really like disgusting way when I watch it. All I can see is like the signs in the back that say uh, on a shoe store that says 13th pair free. I'm like who the fuck is buying 13, 12 pairs of shoes yeah. to get a 13th it's like, free. It's like, uh-huh. it, it, and it, that stuff is all over this movie. Like every time they whip out a scanner, every time they get into a new vehicle, every time they, they introduce a new character and none of the characters look similar. Right. And that's all done to differentiate them so that they can sell these. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Interesting character figures. Uh, and I know a lot of these things are from the cartoon or, or most of them. are. But from they're the cartoon.
1: so shitty. Like Beast Man is the only one that kind of sort of looked cool. I think uh, um, Evil looked kind of cool. I thought she didn't besmirch herself. Uh, but I feel like there's this Blade cheap, character but. that looks like he's wearing like a colander on his head with like various spikes attached, or like like someone broke a couple pair of metal scissors and glued it
0: onto the colander, and he's just wearing that. Well, that's the um, thing. This is such a mishmash of styles, too, and mm-hmm. and you can see the Star Wars envy all over this movie, oh, right? Yeah. Like l- fucking laser laser beams coming out of guns, and like high tech uh, stormtrooper armor that essentially looks the like Darth Troopers Vader. Look cool.
1: Those are not from the cartoon, but they looked cool as
0: hell. It's, like and Skeletor's they, armies looked awesome. They look exactly like if you took Darth Vader's uh, suit and made it more generic, right? One hundred percent. And you can see, like, God, we missed the Star Wars, but we want to try and tap into what the public loves about Star Wars. Let's do that. And then you've got guys in fucking loincloths. And the team of He-Man is so strangely eclectic. You've got one guy who looks like he's in the military, right? He's got, like, a military helmet, his his Man arms, shoulder yeah. pads. He looks almost like Boba Fett. Like, actually, yeah. too much like Boba Fett. Uncomfortably so. Um,
1: yeah, he's he's very also very reminiscent of Captain Powers. It wouldn't surprise me if this Captain
0: Powers outfit wasn't this spray painted a different color. And then you've now got I know the pedigree people in capes. You've got He-Man who's wearing a loincloth. You've got skeleton people and Beast men and Bat Boys and Pig Boys and Grill Gwildor. Uh, yeah it, it, all, all these different characters and items and things that are meant to be sold as toys uh, or in this case I think like they have the toys already and they were like fuck we need to sell these things so let's put them all in this mm. movie um, yeah it's just consumerism top to bottom it is really actually kind of gross uh, yeah. as, I, as I watch this as an adult I'm sure I wouldn't have seen that as a kid I would have just been like disappointed in a bad movie based on a this property boring.
1: I like, the action's
0: yeah. bad. And I, I want to talk about, because ostensibly this is a badass film,
1: because this is a bad, this, oh. this uh, I think Dolph Lundgren is a badass. And I want to talk about Dolph Lundgren, the actor, and then, then Dolph Lundgren, the man. Okay. But in this, so this is his first starring role. He had only been in, uh, like, a bit part in a James Bond because of his girlfriend, Grace Jones. We'll get to that here in a minute. Then he was in uh, Ivan Dra- Drago, where he essentially had to say three lines. Yep and just be physically big and imposing. I'll break this, you. Yeah. This like, remind it reminded me of watching, have you seen Hercules in New York City? <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger's <laughs> actual first role where they redu- they
0: overdubbed him? I think I've seen a trailer for it. I don't think I've actually watched it. I thought you and I watched it at some point uh, when we were living city. Is that the one where he punches because... the camel out? Or no, the, the no, horse? No, that's Cecil Conan
1: no that's a conan yeah he punches a he punches a horse out and, and
0: conan he punches multiple uh, animals out i'm pretty sure he does it in hercules in new york too man elephant a baby he, elephant he punches out a baby elephant it could be
1: uh, but the, the thing <laughs> it, it's like the thing about that is like here is an actor who's got something he's a big dude there's something there but yeah. like it's a he has no idea how to act and in the case of hercules they they overdubbed him So, like, there's also the, like, the lips aren't matching up. It's a terrible performance. This is what this feels like. Dolph Lundgren has no idea how to react to anything when he's in front of a green screen. Yeah. Like, when he's ostensibly on, like, a hover surfboard dodging laser blasts, it's bad. When he's being tortured, it's bad. When he has to look apprehensive, anything other than fiercely determined... He's just terrible at it. He's wooden. He's he's his his lines are terrible. Mm-hmm. They're delivered terrible. Um, and the other thing is he doesn't look great. Like I was expecting for what he would be like super fucking cut and chiseled. He comes in this movie. I, I, I recognize the big problem that he had this like this huge steroid gut. Oh, no. And. I looked in the make. He this was the heaviest he's ever been in his life. He's like two hundred fifty five pounds. He was like two twenty five and Rocky. Hmm. He just looks like kind of like a He Man that you would see at a monster truck
0: pull show. Was he trying to look more like the action figure? Because I remember the action figure being pretty. uh, Oh, what action figures ripped and shredded and everything. Well, he's ripped and shredded, but he also is uh, uh, bulbous in weird places. Right. Like those action figures are strangely modeled. The person. Yeah. The their um, their proportions are odd. I I don't know.
1: He just doesn't. (laughs) He doesn't look very fit. He looks very slow. The fight scenes are like there's a couple like one of his early scenes where they spent more time with the camera focused on his nipples Uh than they did his like fists or his weapons or anything they were doing. It's very Joel Schumacher, Batman, late, late stage Schumacher, Batman. It's it's just I man, I was hoping to see at least something that i could take like i've never seen this movie before it's Dolph lundgren i know he's on our 3c uh, list uh badass list uh, on on the strength of uh i guess universal soldier and rocky four sure but oh my god i gotta go back and like reevaluate some of the characters uh and even even the the champions because i just wasn't seeing it man oh
0: no i mean Dolph lundgren is a better actor now, but he was bad in this movie. And I don't think it's yeah. down to like poor directing or bad lines to give him. I think Although he's just. Although you can bad. guarantee I, all that. Yeah. Certainly that's there, but then he doesn't bring any charisma to this. I, I was surprised by that because he's not an entirely uncharismatic person i don't think i've seen him oh he's a fascinating guy oh yeah i mean we'll talk about the real man here in a bit but right but like i've seen him in interviews i've seen him in movies where he can bring a little bit of charisma he doesn't bring any of it in this movie um in fact like you said he can barely deliver some of the lines uh i i was thoroughly unimpressed by him in this movie which is a shame because i thought i was going to get a badass role I don't know that you can even count this as a badass role, even though I think he man is kind of a badass character and he's playing that character. I just don't think I don't think it gets there.
1: I guess I was from this. I, I figured it would be. I was thinking it would be like something more like the Flash Gordon '80s movie, where it's like, yeah, it's terrible and mm-hmm. low budget and crappy, but it's really campy and fun, and everybody making the movies having fun and no. and and dining on like expensive craft services and yucking it up. But like, no, the only one and the only person who looks like they're having fun is is Frank
0: is Skeletor. He is certainly having fun. To to me, it's like everybody in this movie has just met that, that very first day and none of them have chemistry and every day that they, that they continue to film is the first day that they've met. They never gain any chemistry yeah. throughout this movie. It's always this teeth pulling of like getting the lines out and getting anybody to interact with someone else with the, with the one exception of maybe Kevin and uh shit. I, I don't know Courtney Cox's name in this movie. Uh, right. they actually I think get to a place where they have the most chemistry in this movie
1: Ooh, well I mean yeah I guess there's no it's a low bar for first place in that department because <laughs> right. yeah because uh, like Tila and, and He-Man who I think are supposed to have a minor romantic they have like sub zero chemistry yeah yeah it's kind of insane. Uh, how do you want to treat this? Because I thought we'd maybe break down the movie and just tear it apart, and then we'll talk about Dolph Lundgren, and then uh, we'll we'll get out of here, uh, okay. flee the scene in disgrace. Um, so this movie opens. He Man is on his own planet, and Skeletor is is, is taken over Castle Grayskull, and he holds the sorceress that powers everything. I don't know why she's important. But she is imprisoned in a force field and Skeletor is doing an elaborate ceremony to drain her of her power into him. And they have 83 microns or some fucking chronogram yeah. that to which I have no idea. Is that a week? Is that a month? Is that 17 Parsec seconds? Parsec
0: eons is mentioned at some point. I don't know what the fuck that is. Yeah, is. They're
1: just they're in full Han Solo making shit up mode in this movie. Yeah. And they they have it like if with the moon reaches a zenith and 83 parsecs, uh, everything's fucked because Skeletor is going to get fabulous and he can't be defeated except for apparently all that stuff is wrong. Um, They introduced the character of Gwildor, who is this kind of like dwarven craftsmith. And he's made this thing called a cosmic key that I'm not even sure why Skeletor wants it. What does the like the cosmic key allows you to go to any planet you want?
0: So I think the cosmic key is what Skeletor used to surprise Conan and kind of come in behind enemy lines key and man. take over. Or Sorry, sorry not Conan. Yeah. Excuse yeah. me. You can understand my confusion um, uh-huh. to, to surprise he man and come in behind enemy lines and take over Eternia or wherever they are. So he doesn't want the same thing to happen to him now that he's on the throne and he's got a key and and Conan and he man has a key. Uh, Cause we so made two. Right. And he just wants to take that from he man so that he can't use it to take back the throne is my read. This, this, uh, cosmic key prop.
1: Looks like when they detach a segment of a Borg soldier's arm Mm -hmm. and it just has these little claws at the end and twitching and it has this random LED lights and stuff. It looks exactly like this. It's like a really lame design for a thing that is going to later impersonate as a synthesizer, which we'll, we'll get to. I want to talk about Gwildor, who, as you as we mentioned, is pil- played by the charming Billy Barty. Mm-hmm. What do you think of his character design? Because I thought <laughs> he was uncomfortably close to the evil Leprechaun from the Leprechaun
0: movie Dude, series. That's exactly what I said as soon as he showed up on screen. I'm like, that's just Leprechaun. Like Billy's performance makes him friendly and approachable, but he's actually
1: legit scary looking. Oh, he yeah. looks evil. He yeah, looks if like he tackles he might- instead of uh, says hi to you. Yes. Terrifying. Yeah, you you could you could switch him with the other little person that's on the evil side. he has got the giant white wig, the bad boy. Uh, the,
0: I think is what he's supposed yeah, to be.
1: Or, you know what it reminded me of um, when we watched uh, Kevin Costner's Robin Hood. Uh, Alan, um, Rickman. God damn it! Yeah, Alan Rickman's mother in that film, the witch. Oh. I thought it looked just like that. Like it, down to the, the hair, to, the, the skin tone, the <laughs> okay. hair helmet, everything. But yeah, huh. I mean, I, and I, I actually wondered like, did they just do a whole bunch of different takes and they're like, okay, you look, you're evil, 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 pretty good. Evil, evil. Like, they, like which came first, the, 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 the pre-production or the script. I see these are all
0: characters from the cartoon. But like I said, I wasn't able to watch it as a kid, but most yeah. of it is probably from the cartoon.
1: And they do so much weird stuff. Like uh, Gwildor gives this long speech about how we can't possibly use the second cosmic key because the second we do, Skeletor will find us and he'll be on us. And then the very next thing, Skeletor finds them and is on them. Yeah, because so because uh, what's his
0: face? Oh, oh, you mean in 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 his Yoda hut? Yeah, yeah. I'm Wild- not sure Wildle how. Definitely has a Yoda hut. They they
1: did that um but anyway they they have to hastily use the key and he just puts in a random musical plays a random melody on this cosmic key because yes it also makes music and opens up a gateway to our home world
0: earth and he man flees through there um here's the thing i think this is a fine action uh live action opening for a he man movie i don't think this is the worst part of the movie by far
1: Yes, but as soon as it goes to Earth, we yep. ten, we spend 15 minutes uh, filming in middle America. There's no big city s- uh, sets. They're just filming mm-hmm. in the middle of a cow pasture and shit, because you, you don't need fantasy sets and it's dirt cheap.
0: Yeah, and then they get uh, they get to Main Street eventually on this this small suburban town, or not even suburban, rural town.
1: But the interview they introduce Courtney Cox and her boyfriend Kevin, and she's moving away. At some point, what what's the deal? What's the deal with her parents pla- crashing in a plane?
0: So she was supposed <laughs> to do something with them that day, I think, and instead they decided to take their plane because they are fucking ultra wealthy, apparently, to to yeah. Catalina Island. This, I think, they say Catalina Island, which puts this in California, right? They're going to the Catalina fucking wine mixer? I guess so, yeah. And they crash on the way of there. stepbrother's fan. Yeah. So, so okay. if she hadn't said, hey, I want to go do something else, then they would have lived. So she blames herself. Gotcha.
1: Um, but I was just thinking this whole scene, I'm watching this, and I'm like, you know what young kids want? They want some fucking... <laughs> Dude. Johnny Cougar, Jack and Diane, small town bullshit uh-huh. uh, of these older kids that are like douchey versions of their older brothers and sisters that would never let them tag her along on any kind of adventures. I don't like honestly, you replace Courtney Cox and it was like the cast of Goonies. Mm-hmm. And this movie is 10 times better because at least kids will identify with the protagonist. Sure. Um, they get this cosmic key because, you know, He-Man, they, they drop it, uh, and these, these losers pick it up. This guy is a musician. He is in a school band, and he immediately tries to Marty McFly this shit. He wants to hook it up to the biggest amplifier and see what it can
0: mm-hmm. do. Um, yeah, this is Kevin uh, Courtney Cox's boyfriend. He's and, Lieutenant Tom Paris from Voyager. Right, and and who is soon to be our ex-boyfriend. This, this whole day that happens here is their last date, apparently, before she moves away, because her parents died, so now she just wants to leave her old life behind, get a fresh start. But they, but I thought that's the the timeline on this. So her parents die the same, and then she instantly says, "I want to move away." No, they don't die the same day because the house is sold and all that stuff. Like it's been maybe a month, may, maybe. So Courtney Cox comes back in time when at they the dump end. her
1: at the end of this thing. Yes, like weeks, months. Uh, at least a month, I would assume, Okay. Basically, like, I was like, trying to, to wrap to my head else. around the timeline on this. Um, uh, so they got the so the normies have the key. Uh, he Man and Man at Arms and and the and, uh and uh, uh, Gwildor needed to get it back. Skeletor's back on Eternia and Gray Skull, and he's vamping about needing. You know, like he's got a hat. Like he's got this line about um, anything that I or I must possess everything or I possess nothing. So this is a pretext of like, even though he's got everything he's got, he's got he, everything that he needs to take over. And all he's got to do is wait for time to elapse, not even that long. And he gets uh, everything he's always wanted. Now he found out there's a whole new dimension. He's got to want to conquer it. Uh, his lady assistant, um, Evil Lynn, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, and it's it kind of reminds me of like a shitty Empire Strikes Back bounty hunter scene. where She's like, I've assembled a crack team, yeah, of Blade. And I've talked about Blade, how he looks like I don't know, rotoscope Mortal Kombat one
0: character. Bla- Bla- uh, is Beast Blade Man? the guy with the the ear protrusions? The no, like, not, looks not like a boy. pair of scissors yeah yeah no no not bad boy he's the one that's got like the patch and the colander on his head and he's okay he, he to like me it. looks like uh uh some kind of anime like the the ear stuff he's got going on <laughs> looks like uh gundam mask sort of stuff and it would not be outside of the wheelhouse this movie to just garbage dump every single concept they can think of into a line of and, action and- figures.
1: And apparently he's a stunt man, stunt coordinator, and they're just like, well, we you sure. know, we're gonna we're gonna sign one check for two roles here. Yeah. Um so they got him. They got Beastman, who I actually think uh the, the problem with Beastman is he can't move his face. Uh-huh. But Beastman looks a lot like the action figure of Beastman. He's the only one that kind of does. Hmm. Um there's this another guy, guy's Sawrod, a lizard man, who I think is from it. There's an, and then the the dude with the hair helmet is Karg uh they go back they follow he-man to the the skeletor sends him back to the earth dimension um and at this point the principal from back to the future starts hassling kevin Mm because kevin is kind of like a marty mcfly up to no good type and he's got this alien synthesizer that he thinks is stolen property and he gets embroiled in this thing uh the evil people surround kevin they almost get the key and then at the last minute Tila and man-at-arms shows up and like drives them off in disgrace uh there's this one scene where the the principal from back to the future he's the small town uh, cop and he's 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 hot on kevin's trail and Kevin says he's like what is this thing And Kevin says it's a synthesizer Now this thing has a strap and it looks like It could be worn as an instrument and it's covered with Buttons and crucially when you play The buttons it makes musical tones mm-hmm. And the principal from Hill, Hill High picks it up and Plays a song and then Looks at Kevin and goes this isn't A synthesizer <laughs> right?" I'm like well, what, what the is fuck it? do you think it is <laughs> Right Why but, wouldn't you think it's a synthesizer man
0: yeah that's a insane rationale um i i don't know i don't know man this guy uh is is killing me and i can't remember if he's like this back to the future or maybe they cut around it but there's a lot of blinking in this movie from this dude uh did you notice that Uh,
1: there yeah there's a lot of like weird mugging um that yeah it's so weird because like some of the facial fa- the some of the faces this guy makes throughout the movie
0: mm-hmm. uh
1: i can't tell if the director was like just like a, a ed wood style like take everything in one cut because there's a couple of dolph lundgren um oh, God. like close-ups that are also terrible and i'm like yeah how many takes did, it, did you just go with the one take or what um but then also like i feel like the way this guy mugs at some scenes he must have put him through like the paces 20 times like i need something more i need something more (laughs) this guy's just like jesus christ i've already bulged my eyes out my mouth is wide open i'm (laughs) sweat is popping all over my dome what more can i do and like yeah yeah it was the blinking
0: everything is is bizarre in this guy's performance i agree and he's not he's not always like that so it must have been something with the direction uh, so Skeletor's goons go
1: back and say oh my god He-Man and a whole fucking army showed up and ran us off Eva Lynn gets involved she goes back and she has this this past time scanner device that she can use to look at what actually happened in the past and see that they were just ran off by He-Man and his, his two second bananas and mm-hmm. she kind of chides him from that I don't know that's a joke uh, they capture Kevin and th- th- put a truth compliance collar on him and they get the location of the cosmic key out of him, so they go off uh, for that. Um, at, at some point, Courtney Cox has doesn't she? She she's lured outside
0: by her dead mother uh, into an alley, a dark, moist alley. And this is that's something where that again- <laughs> that's where your parents. L- let me tell you: if you ever lose your parents and you think that they might come back, just hang out in dark alleys because that's where they will look to find you. You know, that's where they will beckon you to when they're very serious about, hey, we didn't actually die. And I feel like if Courtney Cox was legitimately a little kid,
1: this might have worked. Sure. But like even the 12 year olds in the (laughs) audience are like, that's (laughs) evil Lynn lady. Right. You can't go out there and your dead mother is going to be back. Oh, she wants you to get the cosmic key Uh because she's on a secret fucking mission for some like, oh, my God, it's so fucking stupid. It is. Uh, And then Courtney Cox's reaction to finding that it is obviously evil in like she just like um, I don't know. She screams. She yells. She completely loses her shit. It was another bizarre choice. Um, Oh, the other thing I wanted to talk about uh, (laughs) the principal of Hill High his tie tack is a (laughs) pair of handcuffs. I saw that. Yeah. It's a just like a yeah.
0: He's just all about being a cop. He loves being a cop. Um, The other thing about him, like there's that scene where he, you know, uh, hassles Kevin in the music store. And he like, he acts like what Kevin wants him to do is him being hassled and him not going along with it, but he's doing exactly what he wants him to do. Like he, he has this like whole attitude about putting Kevin into the cop car and going to his girlfriend's house. mm -hmm. Like, like, like he's forcing Kevin to do this when Kevin is the one who wanted to go search for her anyway. Right. He's like, Oh, we'll see who's he's like, yes, take me to my yeah, girlfriend's right. house. That's what I want to go anyway. And I'll prove my
1: innocence. Yeah. And but he's, like, he's oh, got a, a huge one, a guilt- attitude. Yeah. This guy. And the first, as far as I like, Kevin is like, also like Martin McFly, you could tell is a little bit of a sarcastic hellraiser. you know, yeah, totally. he's easily taunted in the fights. Um, you know, he's, he's got a mouth on him. Kevin just looks like a band nerd or something who I don't believe has caused a, a bit of trouble in this town. I don't know. This guy's got a hard on for him. Yeah. Um. So, Eve, oh, my God. Eva Lynn shows up with this speeder and she takes possession of the key. I noticed that when the people like this prop is so cheap, it's supposed to be. It looks like one of Jabba the Hutt's gifts mm-hmm. that they've glued a whole bunch of foam rubber to. And when people get in and out of this car, it's got like these thick steel plates and they wiggle, visibly wiggle as people get in and out of them
0: because Mm -hmm. it's just it's obviously foam rubber. Um, And they do a couple of like compositing shots, right, where they're hovering uh, and you can see that they're hovering. And then the rest of the time they're like, we're not going to show that hovering anymore. As a matter of fact, this is just going to be a vehicle on the street and don't shoot the bottom of it. Yes. Yeah. It's like it's close up from there on out.
1: Tatooine, only 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 worse. Yeah. Um, so Evelyn's got the key, but she hasn't got a He Man, and Skeletor's annoyed by that, so he decides to personally take the battlefield and he comes through and is like Jim mentioned, a battle barge.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which I, I actually thought the effect of the portal ripping open was kind of cool for mid 80s and like the lines of stormtroopers uh, marching in. I'm like, oh, this is actually cool. I'm getting excited for this final climactic battle. Want to see where they're spending is twenty four million dollars. <laughs> and then Skeletor's battle barge comes through and it's the dumbest fucking
0: thing I've ever seen. And the and the hover Boards, man the hoverboards kill me when the hoverboards come through <laughs> oh my god
1: um so there's a big fight on earth um Dol- Dolph Lundgren has not done badass well in this this whole fucking movie mm-hmm. and then they put him on a hoverboard uh god and anytime it's a long shot it's what's clearly like a Ken doll uh uh-huh. glued to the hoverboard it might be a fucking
0: it, he-man action figure i'm not
1: even it, sure uh I, he's too i think he's too skinny he's not squat enough yeah, yeah you can just glue yeah. them like why do you and then anytime it's like close up it's just dolph lundgren in a half crouch yeah an unathletic half crouch just standing there he's not like acting like he's like uh when he's like he's dodging blast but he's not he's just kind of like looking around confused it's no they rely on the
0: compositing to do all of the motion stuff here and it feels terrible because like you said he's in a half crouch it's almost like they filmed him in a seated position and then said oh shit we don't have seats on these hoverboards let's just put him in a crouch It's a stiff, you're right, it's a stiff (laughs) crowd. It's very stiff. There's no no motion. Um, No. And and then, so,
1: like, uh, the the battle's going a certain way, and it looks like He-Man's cleaning up, but then at one point, Skeletor is like, have our centurion lead him back to us. And He-Man gets into, I'm not even shitting you, a five minute slow speed chase with this Skeletor soldier on a hoverboard, where they keep flashing back to it and showing it takes forever for him to get back to Skeletor. Mm -hmm. Uh... (laughs) <laughs> there, so they've also established that Kevin, because he's a band, and there's been a couple times during a movie where uh, this Gwildor has said, oh, if only I had a song master that yeah. could uh, help me compose a song to get back, because all Billy's fucking with the keystrokes um i guess this thing saves the last thing it, uh, and gwildor thinks you can just rock up and use the cosmic key the reverse engineer to get home but but this uh, kevin kid's been fucking with it and he can no longer do that and at some point in the uh, and i knew it i fucking knew it the suit the, the second gwildor said i just need a song master my kevin's fucking high school band songwriting experience is going yeah. to save the day and turns out he's got pitch perfect pitch Mm-hmm. And he recognized the notes it played, even though he's never seen this instrument before. And it's like some kind of space fucking accordion with a million buttons. And he plays the tune that got him to Earth, but it also takes him back to Eternia? I
0: guess. I don't know, because the tune he was hearing was whatever the thing was playing based on the buttons he was pressing. And he never pressed the same buttons twice, right? I can't imagine. I know. I know. I, he's, um, he's You know what it is? He's heard the Windows startup sound. And he was just humming that because that's basically (laughs) what this thing plays.
1: So meanwhile, Skeletor has appealed to He-Man's love of his friends and said, look, um, we can you you can leave your friends behind here and they can live on Earth and I can take you back to Eternia and, uh, you know, you'll be my slave or I can kill you all right now. So He-Man's like, "Okay, I'll take I'll take the, the slavery route. Skeletor takes him into Castle Grayskull, secures him. And then has Blade use a laser whip mm-hmm. to erotically whip He-Man for
0: a good 15 minutes. And the laser whip is like hand animated. Like there's So one of the reasons I'm getting this confused with Conan is because, A, he kind of looks like Conan. But B, there's that scene with the demons in Conan. Where the, the ghosts, the, the spirits of the dead try to steal Conan after he's dead. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that's all hand animated and drawn in. Yes. And so when I saw that, yes. I immediately back to that because the whip is... Just drawn in, uh, you know, by hand animated cells or whatever.
1: And they've had this like weird kind of thing where Skeletor is portrayed as kind of like a se- sexual sadist because he does something to make the sorcerer hurt inside her field. And he's like, oh, do you feel that? And he's like, Ooh. and and when they cut, keep cutting back to like a Skeletor, he's sitting on his throne, leaning against his staff, like drooling at He-Man's naked body getting whipped and getting... <laughs> and, it's 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 fucking insane because it gives it goes on forever and ever and ever and eventually he mans is covered with whip marks um and skeletor's super into it and then they don't save the sorceress they get there at the moment uh the, the the people get through the gate at the moment that she's been drained of her powers and skeletor gets all of her power and he turns fully fabulous. He now has gold-plated armor yes. with this elaborate helmet mm-hmm.
0: that, what is this? It's got I, so much shit on it. Too many horns. Uh, it's like Too uh, many horns. <laughs> yeah, there are like eight horns on this thing. I assume it's from the cartoon, but I like I said, it's, I've not seen it. So That's the tragedy. I don't think any, uh, this feels like Super Mario Brothers where they have characters
1: who have mm-hmm. names and likenesses and then they're like, well, we got that. And now we're just going to
0: like take this to earth. So we don't have to pay free oh, sets. You know what it is? Like This what? is, this is yet another opportunity. This is their big moment to sell a new action figure, right? Like if you're, if your toy line is flagging, you need the new action figures of the black storm looking guys. And oh, you're the, right. the other play sets. And this, this will be like your, you know, your big flashy moment. I mean to sell us another sec- golden golden Skeletor, Skeletor figure, yeah, yeah, and one that looks like this. Hell
1: yeah! Uh, of course, this uh, the 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 principal of of Hill High, because he refuses to believe Kevin. Uh, even after all he's seen, uh, he somehow hitches a ride back to Eternia, and he's with a shotgun. He's right there shooting laser swords and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, then, uh, even though. He, I think Skeletor's won. He's even got He-Man's sword. It's plugged into the throne. I don't understand why the fight's going on. And it's way past where the movie said, like, once the sorcerer's been drained, there's no way you can possibly beat him. He-Man just challenges Skeletor to a duel. And Skeletor says, let's let's be our last battle. And fights He-Man with his power sword against his staff. And He-Man, of course, just kicks his ass. (laughs) Right. So they then decide to send Kevin and Courtney Cox back and she goes back in time to when her parents were still alive. Maybe they went back 10 years because the way she is dressed and made up in this scene, I can't tell if she's supposed to be 10 years old or 20. Uh,
0: Yeah, it was the first and only thing I could really notice in this scene. Um, I I don't know. I, I hate like everything about this because she, she's like in Eternia, right? With all her friends and stuff. And they've defeated Skeletor. And then they're, they're being sent back by Gwildor who offers like, as he's doing this offers like, Hey, I can send you back in time, whatever, you know? And she's just like, walking through the portal. And it is a fucking afterthought. Her parent, her dead parents are an afterthought on her mind. Like, Oh wait. Yeah. I guess if I could go back in time, Parents might be, love. and then she shouts back through the portal as it's fucking closing. As she's going through it, send me back. That would be the first thought of my mind. Come on, somebody offers, hey, I can send you back thing. in time. What event happened recently in my life that I might like a
1: yeah. do over on? Hmm. Right, especially since she just met her dead mother that night in a hallway. So it's like it's fresh on her mind.
0: And but maybe she know, was like, thinking also like dead parents versus what I was wearing that day when I woke up and. It was a coin toss. It was like, eh, uh, I don't know. I didn't really like yeah, that, she's wearing that nightgown they made me wear, like a floral flannel uh, mumu It's terrible. Yeah, no, no it's kid bad. would wear this, right?
1: Yeah, it's like what Wendy was wearing in Peter Pan. You know, like those like those flowing night robes that kids wear. And again, like this is no one wore that like shit in the mid eighties, the
0: nineteen fifties, maybe, maybe. Yeah, maybe. yeah I, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, all uh, all the of per- the fashion is bad in this movie. I don't know if you noticed what Kevin was wearing the whole time, but, like, he's got this leather jacket. He's got a button-up mm. shirt underneath it that's, like, a olive green kind of color, and then this maroon tie, and the, the button-up is undone. The tie is half pulled open, uh, and he, like, has terrible color coordination. All the colors are just clashing left and right on this guy. Oh, Jesus.
1: Yeah, it's like, when you ask me, like, what is he wearing? I'm like, I just blanked. I'm like, I
0: have no eyed clothes, human clothes. <laughs> no, it's God awful. It would be a no, fine it's... outfit if the colors were different, but they aren't. Um, and
1: then that's the end of the movie. We end with closure of a character that I can't imagine any He-Man fan cares about. And, uh, oh, the other thing is the principal from Hill High is now just going to live in eternity because he yeah, had I... got nothing going on there. After they... he became the they... laughing stock of his precinct, yeah. Yeah, they've. uh, But in here, he's been given like a cool sword and a pistol and a slave (laughs) girl apparently. Yeah, like a righteous babe, as Bill and Ted might say. Yeah, it's fucking, it's fucking insane.
0: (laughs) Um, and then that's 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 the movie. Well, that that is the movie. Um, that was not supposed to be the franchise. It's interesting. They actually had already written a sequel. I saw this. They hadn't even written one movie. How are they going to write a sequel? (laughs) Right. And, and I think you can see like the breadcrumb with this crystal that, uh, uh what queen was. The, the I, memory of queen Eterni- yeah. The, the, the memory of eternity. Eternia. Yeah. It yeah, gives to Courtney Cox at the end that she takes back to the, to earth with her. Um, but this movie was such a huge flop that they decided, you know what? We're already like halfway into production on this thing too, because they had written the script. They had costumes made, they had sets made for the second movie. And this thing fucking flopped and they were like, ah, we can't do that. We we gotta do something else with this movie. And so they turned that movie and all of its costumes and sets into Cyborg, the John Claude Van Damme movie.
1: No, yes. I've never
0: seen that. Yes. And now like looking back on it, I'm like, oh shit. So there was this post apocalyptic He Man movie that was supposed to come out. No, this is making a ton of sense now. Wow. Yeah, wow. when you do watch the movie, just remember that that was supposed to be Masters of the Universe 2, and it'll make a lot of sense. Oh, boy, the sordid history of badassery. <laughs> uh, yeah, you didn't. I didn't think there would be a JCVD tie-in when I sat down to watch this movie, but there is. So let's talk about the badass, because like, you, you'll
1: hear us say surprisingly little about He-Man, because honestly, he's in surprisingly little of this film. Okay, like if you talk about on minutes on screen, Dolph Lundgren, like I, I don't know, is he on there twenty percent of the time? I was so say much, yeah, but so much vamping with Skeletor. I feel like there's as much Skeletor in there, and there's twice as much Courtney Cox, or actually, Courtney Cox is even like a minor character. I think she's the the main character, but like it's mostly about Kevin. Well, it's she's like, just Kevin's girlfriend, I mean,
0: and she the tr- she loses more. their
1: cosmic key.
0: Yeah, we, when you do a movie where you're trying to get as many action figures on screen as possible, you can't just have He-Man be the focus, right? Let's talk about Dolph Lundgren, the man who is He-Man, um, because
1: mm-hmm. I, this is another, like, maybe he was the Dwayne Johnson, the Rock Johnson of the 80s, except for he tried. Um, this guy is got an imposing frame. Oh, he's yeah. like six foot four, six foot five. Uh, you see him just tower, tower over uh, um, uh, Sylvester Stallone and Rocky. He is what, by all accounts, a very intelligent and interesting guy.
0: Oh, extremely this guy intelligent.
1: Got a chemical injur- engineering degree in a prestigious uh, Swedish university. Uh, he fit. He got his a master's degree. From the University of Sydney in chemical engineering in 1982, he got a full boat scholarship to MIT mm-hmm. for a doctorate. Uh, unfortunately, he, uh, while in Sydney, he became a bodyguard for Grace Jones, the very severe and opposing black woman that uh, was in that one James Bond, uh, A View to the Kill. Uh, you've seen her. Yeah, you know, she's very tall and muscular, and she's got this kind of like fade, flat top kind of hairstyle. Uh, He was dating her for a while, and she's like, you should be in the movies. He comes to her in New York City and within like two or three weeks uh, gets in contact with Sylvester Stallone, who was looking for uh, an Ivan Drogo, and he goes for that. So this guy's got like he's got a a chemical engineer's degree, master's. Uh, He's also a fourth degree, uh, a fourth Dan Black Belt Mm -hmm. in karate. And he was a European champion 1980 to 1981, by the way. He's got legit skills, legit beef, but like everything after Rocky was just box office bomb after box office bomb. He did uh masters of the universe. He did the Punisher. He did have a hit with universal soldier in 1992. Sure. He was also a minor character in Johnny Mnemonic, but from that, it's just like literally what the fuck silent trigger, blackjack, the mechanic, Missionary Man, Command Performance, Icarus,
0: Castle Falls. What are any of these movies? <sighs> they're bad. That's what they are. Uh, they're second tier movies, if that. Um, I, I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, you can only recover from so many bombs, right? Whether you have the, the frame and the intelligence of Dolph Lundgren or not. And I don't know if it's down to like he just wasn't a good actor at the time. Uh, because he's not. I mean, the, the best is this his his first leading
1: role. Yeah. Well,
0: and, uh, and, not yeah. even this movie, but his his best movies are where he says the least. Right. And yeah. They're and like, there's or, almost a sliding. Like he scale never got of, like, out of the early Arnold st- stage, you know. Right. And and it's obviously not because he's dumb or not charismatic. Because I've seen him be uh, both smart and charismatic. Uh, yeah. He just had a, a row of bombs where, like, I just don't think he was up to the task that they were giving him at that time. And that killed his career, Uh, but it didn't kill his career, right? He's, he's still in, he's in a a, a God awful number of movies. It's just, he couldn't get anything super high profile after that. And I, I got the impression
1: that he's pretty wealthy because he's got, um, uh, you know, he, he, he did have some legit hits and he got some, well, and he's, he's pretty smart with his money, businessman. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's all kinds of fascinating stories. Like I said, him dating, there's like all kinds of fascinating stories from him dating, uh, um, not Bridget Nielsen, Grace Jones. Uh, did you hear about the time that uh, I think these Bulgarians broke into his house back in two thousand nine? Oh, and they were mistake. like holding his daughter and wife hostage, <laughs> oh and then God. they found the picture of them on the mantle and realized that they had just taken
0: Dolph Lundgren's <laughs> family hostage,
1: and they fucking pieced out.
0: Yes. That's amazing. That's a fucking movie right there.
1: Yeah, you, you, yeah. W- you walk into the Fuck wrong the house, right? I just want to see Dolph the movie. This guy's like and and and, and, and it's that's a this funny fast, story. But unfortunately, it was it was terrible because I guess like it was a traumatic experience for all involved that led to his the disillusion of his family. Damn. Uh his daughter's got PTSD from it. So it's a sad story, but it's like one of those things where it's like, holy shit, this is Ivan Drogo's house. Cheese it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <You right? know? laughs> no, thank um, you. Yeah.
1: Uh, I, I just like I said it's this is this one disguises like um I see nothing ever bad about him like almost every other badass when we did the first is got like you know Arnold you know did some inappropriate things with his housemaid. uh John Claude Van Dan is leg- legendarily an asshole Steven Seagal's got minor <laughs> sexual assault charges all over this place and just a real piece Sylvester of shit St- all around yeah Sylvester Stallone is secretly short uh <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. damn um yeah, yeah. No, uh, but Dolph Lundgren, like, everyone, like, nothing, has nothing bad to say about him. He's smart. He's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's well-rounded uh, as as a character and a person, and he never got success. I kept on thinking, like, what if, because Arnold was kind of so lucky in that he got from uh, Hercules in New York to Conan to uh, Terminator, to command like roles that didn't require any more than they require from Dolph of masters uh, of the universe, but they just became super duper hits and gave him the career yeah. that he can hone his craft and get to like from, from Hercules in New York to like true lies Arnold, where he actually can carry
0: scenes by himself and his charm. I, I just, I, I, he I, definitely I found what it faster. If. Right. Like, I look at Conan and I can see the diamond in the rough. I look at this and I don't think I see the diamond in the muscle uh, with Dolph Lundgren. Hmm. Because I don't think he was fundamentally bad in any of those movies, Arnold. I, I think he there was a language barrier, but he is a charming, charismatic guy at his core. Yeah. And that that it was a lot faster that you got to that with Arnold than you get to that with Dolph Lundgren. I just wonder if if Conan had done
1: or I'm sorry, if Arnold had done Conan and I keep on Conan like it's O'Brien Conan, the fucking barbarian. Sure. sure. Uh, if he didn't like like Conan and T2 and
0: then did Masters of the Universe as his first starring Ooh. role. Right. I, I think he would have been so much better in this movie. Like, yeah, it's still a piece of shit movie, but I think he would have shined in it. He probably would have been next to Frank uh, Langello. Uh yeah. probably the the second best or maybe the best thing about this movie.
1: Yeah, because they Dolph might I don't carry know. It. Yeah, you might be right. And maybe cuz like maybe his heart never was in it cuz like the when I read an interview with him he, he essentially said that he got into Hollywood because it's just so much easier than chemical engineering. Sure. He's like he, he'd, you know, lucked in his job as Grace Jones, uh, bodyguard and became her boyfriend. And now he's in New York city and he's dancing at club 54. He's hobnobbing sure. with all these celebrities. And he's like, this beats the shit out of like mixing beakers and stuff. So it's like, I don't think he had a passion for it. The way like Arnold wanted to come mm-hmm. to America and get fucking famous. Yeah. You know, that was his whole, like he won the pump iron, and be a movie star and by God that's what he did and I just don't think that Dolph had that same kind of single minded drive and focus and probably
0: like you said the tool the the, the tools yeah early on certainly and I think like you know the the work you see is like a tenth of the work of being an actor right an actor is getting getting out there getting to know people uh, going to meetings um, hobnobbing like you have to be really trying i think to get super high profile stuff um right and arnold yeah definitely i think would would try more probably than some dude who just kind of you know fumble fucked his way into it (sighs) yeah i'm i uh, feel a little bit bad that our final badass movie is a bit of a turd um i mean they they happen you know and and it doesn't it doesn't diminish the other badass movies that he's done he's been in plenty of other badass films um has some i, I mean Ivan Drago is an iconic role it's mm-hmm. it's in my mind just as iconic as rocky ironically because he hasn't been in as many movies in the rocky series but like Ivan Drago is the villain of the rocky movies i
1: think um he's really good as sergeant scott in universal soldier sure. um now again that's another role that doesn't require him to be anything but kind of bulky menacing and weird mm-hmm. um but i think he's good like and i i actually think he's shown some acting chops yeah in like incredibles he plays like they're you know like a, a badass on the skids uh that's kind of like mentally unstable and going through trauma i thought he's incredibly really good or Expendables. i'm sorry expendables okay i didn't incredibles. know because i haven't seen incredibles so right um, I thought that he was really good as Ivan Drogo in Creed, Creed yep, Two. Yep. Uh, you know, I, I, with more it, to do, right? More, right. more meat to chew on there. Because that is the other thing is he's been in just just a ton of movies. Yes. Um, like dozens and dozens, if not like low hundreds. Like he's oh been working God. consistently for almost four decades now. And I, I thought he, he was is in like, Aquaman he yes he was the king of the aquaman and aquaman Uh uh-huh he has had these like kind of sneaky like you know people are like oh you know you grew up because i you know uh i just man i don't know i don't know i would i some i i kind of wish we'd seen uh punisher except for i actually like punisher and have an affection for that material so like i might have been even more insulted than this bewildering
0: he-man shit that 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 who even knows Mm -hmm. actually i was gonna bring up the topic of of this being a badass role it's it's a bad role and this movie is trash but He-Man is a well-liked cartoon character and certainly an icon in that realm and he is a badass in the cartoons does this count as an iconic badass role despite it being a very bad movie and him not being good in it it has to right I, I mean, it's He-Man.
1: Let me ask you this. If they put, uh, if they got Idris Elba as the black James Bond and then mm-hmm. decided to take it in a totally different direction, like we're going to do a James Bond, but with the aesthetics of Get Smart. Okay. So it's like a comedy, like a parody, but it's still James Bond. It's just a funny James Bond. Mm-hmm. Would you say, would that, would that count towards Idris Elba's, uh, would that count as an iconic badass role? Is Adam ah, West does man, Adam West Batman count
0: as a badass? I kind of think yes, even though it's a tongue-in-cheek. Comedy, I do too. I do just too. Just because of the character he's playing.
1: I do too. And the thing is, is I, I just looked at the our our um, ultimate badass Hall of Fame sheet. Dolph Lundgren is sitting right now at a a health uh, at a one point seven five because we gave him a full one C for champion. Good. Okay. I think he still gets that because at his peak he yeah. is yeah, ivan, ivan tariff. he's a genetically he 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 believably uh, portrayed a genetically engineered Superman, yes, uh, he has a zero for charisma. <laughs> which I think is entirely fair and nothing has changed my mind about anything Mm -hmm. that I've ever seen his role. And he has got 0.75 for his characters, which if we look up, uh, that's nine to 11 badass roles or five to six, several, which are iconic. I think he easily gets there. Yeah. So if he had, if he had it at, if he had gotten half of the uh, Arnold's charisma, he could be a healthy 2.25 to 2.50 badass. But yeah, he is never man. He just didn't have that second stage ignition. No, no, it's unfortunate. So Yeah, I thought maybe if we'd saw more of his films that that, that I always wondered like, well, OK, if he you know, if you judge Arnold by his Hercules and his Conan's, maybe he's got a zero charisma, too. But like if you know, if I but yeah, he just poof, never, never got there. Maybe the Punisher had changed my mind. We'll see, um, Dolph Lundgren. What a interesting guy and kind of a terrible badass. Yeah, he's too yeah. smart to be a badass. Maybe that's it. There's got to be a a certain amount of meathead that goes into this badass.
0: <laughs> okay, because yeah.
1: I'm looking at this list. There's not a lot of intelligent badasses. No, cunning, clever, but like
0: master's, PhD, chemical engineer. I don't know about that. No. Maybe he needed to incorporate more of that into his acting career. Maybe if he had played some like ultra intelligent and also maybe. beefy badasses, maybe he, he could have had a better career, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, that's
1: it. This is going to wrap us up for the badass uh, festival of the year. There'll be one more badass stream this Wednesday on twitch.tv slash bald move or youtube.com slash bald move. If you want to see uh, synthesize the latest inductees into the hall of fame, our latest discussion about our actual Hall of Fame and uh, Badass Mount Rushmore. Uh, just putting the cherry on the top of everything. Uh, feel free to tune in there. There's also a, a hashtag Badass channel going on on our Discord if you want to discuss this or any other badass movies until we uh, take our badass tent and steal off into the badass desert. Uh, waiting next year's July to do it all over again. Uh, it's been, like I said, this has been a turn of a movie, but I've had a lot of fun uh, this year with the Badass Festival. Hope you guys have to, and we're not going to return you to regularly scheduled programming. Until next year, signing off from Badass Central, uh, I'm Aaron and I'm Jim. Later.